Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill. I am your host, and I am very excited to be back with you today with some excellent guests. And yes, I said some. This is not a one-on-one interview. We've got a couple of great people for you to listen to today. And make sure that you do check out the notes for some cool extras, as well as some information on our guests. And thank you so much for the comments and the shares. We always appreciate that. Keep that going. We love it. So today's quote of the day is good strategy requires leaders who are willing and able to say no to a wide variety of actions and interests. And this is by Richard Rumel. So like I mentioned, we have two guests today. We've got Lisa McGowan, who is a versatile strategy consultant that helps companies develop and implement market-driven strategies. With work ranging from growth strategy to M&A analytics, she has helped companies generate millions in revenue and align teams accordingly. Lisa is a nature lover, certified yoga instructor, and global adventurer. So you know, of course, we get along famously. And between completing over 50 due diligence and strategy assessments for her clients, she has sometimes found time to cook them a fantastic lunch. When am I getting my lunch? This is something I'm definitely adding to my to-do list. And then we have Dan King who is an executive coach with a gift for challenging but kind conversations. Dan has helped leaders understand and realize their potential, successfully transition careers, and augment their sales capabilities. He has worked with a shark on the Shark Tank TV show, senior politicians, U.S. Army officers, and CEOs, and he is an avid mediator and world traveler and veteran of two extreme auto races, driving an old Fiat from London to Mongolia and an auto rickshaw the length of India. Okay, we might need some more information about that, Dan. Let's bring Dan and Lisa on. How are you guys doing today? Heather, thank you so much for those intros. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for doing interesting things so that the intros were cool. (laughs) That's the only reason I did those interesting things. It was like, one day I'm going to be on Heather's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's all about me. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) So I am super excited to share Lisa and Dan with you because, um, I have gotten to know them a little bit. I was actually on their fireside chat and they are fascinating and we have a a lot of things in common. But before we dive into the questions that I want to know, Lisa or Dan, would you like to just give a little bit more information about how you, you got to where you are today? Sure. So I think you did such a beautiful job introducing our work background and a little bit about what we do for fun and our personalities. And right now, Dan and I, uh, we're business partners. We run a company called Fireside Strategic, where Mm -hmm. we take all that intense strategy stuff that I bring and all that beautiful executive coaching that Dan brings and help companies achieve exceptional results in their strategy, in their sales, in growth. Um, really through what we call human-centric strategy. Um, It's been very fun. 
it's been quite the adventure. We decided to go to market in March of 2020, which as many of you know, is when COVID really took over in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, and it was an amazing moment where we looked at each other. We've already been friends for a few years. We decided to go to business and we're like, oh no, <laughs> there's a global pandemic. How are we gonna do this? And after that little moment of panic, we decided, you know what, let's just give it a go. Let's just give it a try. So we started hosting fireside chats and Heather, you were a wonderful guest on one of those and really trying to talk to CEOs about what are the challenges they're facing? How are they pivoting during this time? What are some of the human challenges they're facing? And it's been an incredible and very humbling adventure of really digging into you know, what CEOs are doing these days and also kind of showing to the world that there's a way to really transcend the challenges of this difficult period. You know, that's fantastic, Lisa. And um, Dan, I'm going to come to you, but I just want to jump on a couple of things that you were mentioning here. Uh, one is that fear of, you know, when you find out you're launching something, you're super excited about it, and then the world appears as if it doesn't want you to do it. <laughs> But the, the key element of we're going to do it anyway because this is important and then finding out that you were right because people were drawn to it and that is outstanding because the do it and anyway philosophy is really important because we're never going to not have those fears if we're doing extraordinary things. I love that. And then the human-centric side has always appealed to me. Dan, would you like to give us a little bit more information about that and what that means to you guys? Absolutely. So in business, there is so much advice out there about how important it is to find the right strategy. And so if you were to take, let's call it the online personal development industry, you look at the bajillions of Facebook ads out there that are promoting one business model over another and a course linked with that business model. Um, I think that's perfectly fine. And many of those models and strategies are great. But one of our big beliefs is that the best strategy in the world might not work if the humans running the business are not aligned with it. Mm. So, so important for us to feel as if not just the business we are running, but the strategy we're using to grow the business, it's got to really resonate with us. The reason why is because we've got to get up in the morning and push through fear. We want to sell something. We want to grow a business. We want to impact people's lives. There's going to be fear. I know you know this, Heather. <laughs> and so alignment is crucial to overcome fear. And so for us, it's not just about coming up with a clever strategy, although Lisa and I are massive nerds, massive <laughs> business nerds, and we love clever strategy. It's about helping clients find strategies that are aligned with their people. And it, it starts with the CEO on down. The CEO has to not just intellectually understand, understand the, the strategy. They've got to believe in it and be aligned with it and, and everyone else on down as well. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, the alignment is so key when you're talking strategically, but also, you know, you're, you're working with people, <laughs> you know, it right? Has, right? We're, we're people here. And in order to be most effective, we have to be compassionate leaders as well. And that, that alignment and that, that human side is very, very key to that. So I had originally in one of our conversations mentioned this 
focus that I had on helping people to partner up. So I'm really curious to get a little background information about how how you decided. I know you guys were, I think, friends first, and but what was the key element of why would this be a good partnership? That is such a good question. There's so much to discuss there, but you're absolutely right that we were friends first. Um, we didn't intend on becoming business partners. Really, it started off as us just being a couple of nerds who hung out around New York City um, and talked about all sorts of things ranging from life to adventures to travel to health and wellness. And we touched on business a little bit as well. And a few things really started to bubble up in our friendship, which led to this amazing partnership. I think, you know, there's that practical side that we realized we have complementary skill sets um, and that there are complementary skill sets that come together very well to create something that's very effective and very useful for a business. So when you look on paper, it makes sense. I bring this experience in consulting. Dan brings a beautiful set of experiences in you know, law and working on Shark Tank, starting and selling companies. But I think what it really came down to, and this may sound a little woo-woo, is we have these energies that come together really, really amazingly. I don't know if that's a real word. Um, but I've used when, I like Dan <laughs> when Dan and I are in the same room together, or even we're in the, when in, we're in the same Zoom room together, it feels like everything just kind of lights up. Everything becomes not only so much more strategic, but also so much more fun, so much more energetic. You could kind of tell that our minds are doing this sort of waltz where we make everything just so much more interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think that this energy, this vibe that occurs between the two of us when we work together, when we play, together when we help clients together is really magical it's very magnetic and when we started noticing that every time we spend time together this incredible vibe happens the idea of doing this in a, this business partnership just made so much sense and i don't know dan do you want to add to that that's my little woo woo exciting story <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard for me to top that um i'll, I'll add a little bit of context which is that so in 2019, last year, I, I had just sold a business and I had a deep belief that, and, and, and that business was, was me with a small team. I didn't have a business partner. And I knew that to achieve greater levels of fulfillment and achievement in business, I knew that I would need a business partner. I know, I, I have a pretty good sense at this point, having done years of, of coaching that, that you know, I have strengths and I have weaknesses. And, and some of those weaknesses, if not addressed, are just going to limit whatever I build. And, you know, so I ate some humble pie and I realized let's make this a little less about the Dan show and let's, let's find a business partner. Yeah. And I started that process, met a couple of people and even went down the road pretty far with, with someone else. And it just never quite felt right. Mm. I knew underneath it all, I had an intuition that eh, this isn't quite right. And someone very, very wise said to me, Stop asking too many questions. Just ask yourself, in a business sense, would you marry this person? Mm -hmm. And I knew, like that, that question was so powerful. And I knew that with the other two people that had come into my world and, and asked me, I just knew it wasn't, 
it wasn't going to be a fit. And, and I had, I remember one summer at, at breakfast, I think mentioned to Lisa, oh, you know, I'm going to start a new company. Maybe you could be involved somehow. And she was like, yeah, yeah, maybe. And a couple of months later, I, after I had gone through this process of feeling out a couple of other partnerships, knowing deep down that, that those weren't a fit, uh, I just told her, hey, you know, I think I need a business partner. And, and I still, even in that moment, I was so blind, I didn't even think of her. And she very wisely said, um, what about us? And I just knew I didn't need to ask any questions. I didn't need to do the nerdy due diligence, even though we did, because we're massive nerds. But I just knew in that moment, like, of course, yeah, of course, like, yes. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. You know what? This is, I love this story, but I have to go back and just allow the space. It's okay to be foo-foo here. It's okay to talk about energy. I talk about energy all the time. And I love that that was a part of your process because I feel it when, when I hang out with you guys when I did the fireside when I watch other ones that you do it really comes across it's it's not just the energy that you feel together but it it comes across to other people and I think that's very powerful and I think you use the word attract Lisa and um, I think that you attracted each other because of your strengths and the areas where you fill in for the other ones um, I don't even call them limitations because they're not, but like where you fill in yeah. the cracks, right? And yeah. so I think it's brilliant and I love that. So feel free to, if you want to talk about anything related to that, that's fine with me. <laughs> um, but when awesome. it comes to the, you know, we can get into the details of which are the strengths and whatever, but I, I don't know that that would translate to other people because they're specific to you, right? But one thing I did want to ask you about, because I'm very fascinated with the why versus how. And so I think that when you can connect a why person, someone who is really like a big vision, committed based on the energy or the um, emotional context of the why with someone who is a how person, someone who can take that why and really run with it and follow up and do the, those types of activities to make it happen. I think that can be incredibly powerful. Does that, does that make sense for you guys? Is there a why and a how here or is it different? You know, I, <clears throat> that framework comes up a lot in personality typing and various entrepreneur psychology systems. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say that there's no truth to it, but we actually think about this quite a lot. And while at first glance, um, it's very natural to apply that framework to us, we don't know that it applies exactly. You know, I, I think it's very easy to think of Lisa a bit more as the how person, me as a bit more as the why person. But I think part of the reason this works so well is that I've got quite a bit of how in me and Lisa has quite a lot of why in her. Gotcha. And okay. the reason that that's really important is sometimes I've seen why and how people try to speak to one another and work together and they can't even speak each other's languages. Yes. And so while that framework makes sense kind of academically, I think it's pretty important for the how person to have done to have deepened their creative side. And I think it's important for the why person to have deepened their how side. Mm. And because without that, you can't speak the same language. And so, um, so we're, we're, we're always a little touchy with that framework actually, no, I but, love but I, that. I know what you mean. 
you know, that nuance is really, really important because I, I have witnessed people falling apart because of that lack of ability to speak the same language. And, and I totally get what you're talking about now. So to be able to own some of each is really, really important. So when you're looking, those of you who are listening, when you're looking to um, perhaps partner with someone, it's important to still grow all aspects of yourself because that will enhance how you come into the relationship. Does that make sense? I think that's very reasonable, yeah. <laughs> you know, let's talk about how you use your strategy and your strengths with your clients. Like, do you have a good story of how it translates to them and what you help with? So I think this is an interesting point that you brought up kind of strategy and strengths and the way that we view our strategy and strengths are kind of this strategic background, the sales background, as well as this human centric background. And one of the things that we help our clients do is grow their businesses with this human centric strategic lens. So for example, we have a client that is looking to work with um, looking to work with lawyers all over the country. And he didn't necessarily know how he can grow into the legal business. Lawyers are notoriously difficult to sell to. Mm -hmm. And we helped understand what are the values of his company, but also who are the types of lawyers who can come into the, his world and who would be interested in coming to his world. What is the hook? What is the human hook? that gets them into his world. So we helped him establish a thought leadership system where we invite lawyers into um, a circle where they can shine, where they can really come through as partners and eventually become this company's customers. So it's, it's a bit of a broad story, but I think it paints that picture that first we look strategically at the types of people that would help fill the gaps. And second, we look at what human hook would get them into the world of the company. And we really align that with the direction that the company is looking to grow into. I think that's a perfect example because what you're doing is you're taking what we just spoke about, the partnership within the company, but then expanding that partnership out. So you're partnering with the clients. So you help your clients to find those partnerships and deepen those relationships with their potential clients so that they come in in a stronger way. Is that accurate? Yeah, I'd okay. say so. <laughs> Very cool. I love this. Now, you know, our, with the show being called From Fear to Fire, I have to ask, have, have either of you had a story, you know, maybe from what we talked about already in your bios, but it might be something completely different, something where you've experienced, you know, a lot of fear or, or concern or challenge that you had to overcome? you know, something that you'd be able to share with our listeners so that they can take away a lesson from it. Is there anything that you can think of? A absolutely not, Heather. My life has been a complete joyride. Everything <laughs> I've ever done has turned to gold and there's never been any fear, doubt, concern of, of any of that sort. It's okay. all been flawless. No. Okay. On to you. Uh, 
So it's interesting, you know, when before getting into entrepreneurship, um, I always had a hankering to do it, I think, deep down. Mm-hmm. And I always had a hankering for adventure, whether it's in my mind or, or in a new country. And I was very bored in law school. So after my first year of law school, you, you saw this in the bio, I did an extreme adventure. I drove a car in a, a charity race from London to Mongolia, London, England, to Ulaanbaatar, which is the capital of Mongolia. And there was no preset route. I just had to get from point A to point B. Yeah. Needless to say, not only had I not ever done anything like this before, but I didn't know the first thing about how to fix a car. <laughs> I did this with one friend who was only marginally ahead of me in knowledge of cars. And I had never been to Russia. I'd never been to Mongolia. I had no clue what I was getting myself into. <sighs> and before doing this, you know, I, I <laughs> it sounded like a lot of fun. It sounded <laughs> like a huge adventure. Sure. And then I remember two days before doing it, I was frightened to death, absolutely frightened to death when the enormity of what I'd committed to do sunk in and the adventure was not a disappointment. We had all kinds of chaos happen to us, but, but one particular moment comes to me, which is, is such an important learning for me. We were in the middle of nowhere, Siberia, absolute middle of nowhere. And uh, my teammate and I hit a giant pothole in the road. Mm. And it actually destroyed, we hit a pothole and then we hit a mound in the road, which destroyed two of our tires. And we only had one flat tire. We only had one spare tire, excuse me. So what were we gonna do, right? We could change the one spare tire, but you know, we, we had this crummy vehicle in the middle of nowhere, Siberia, and we were a good, 20 minutes outside of even that a minuscule village and i was really close to giving up in that moment i was terrified and we we had had some pretty dark experiences leading up to this and so i was ready to give up and the reality was my fear was so deep that i couldn't see that well you know what we could probably drive on the rim back to this village and in my very broken russian see if i could ask anyone for help there was a fairly obvious path and it wasn't going to be fun. It was going to be uncomfortable, but the action steps weren't that hard to see. And my fear got in the way. And I was so used to doing everything myself, to solving everything myself. This is still, you know, a tendency and a go at tendency I have. And just the ability to lean on someone else um, was such a tremendous growth opportunity for me. And I, I'm sure there, there's many times in the midst of the fear of the pandemic and building a business in this tricky moment that, that I've had the blessing to be able to lean on, on Lisa too, and ask for help when I need it. And, and so I can see, you know, you, you, you can transcend a particular fear once in your life, but it's probably going to come back and you've got to build the muscle whenever it comes back to just recognize it, to be gentle with yourself and to just step up to the plate because it's usually pretty obvious what you need to do in the end. I love that. I mean, there are multiple lessons here. So, you know, releasing the fear so you can see the obvious path and then being able to, to lean on someone to ask for help. I, I, I find that that was one that resonates with me. I very independent person and it took me, gosh, probably 
35 years to learn how to ask for help but yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful thing when you learn that lesson right because you're giving the other person a gift as well as yourself in that growth yes. that's yes. an awesome story dan i love that thank you lisa do you have your own story oh so many <laughs> um, but I, I actually want to talk about something in the line of adventure as well so um, I, I grew up as the youngest of three sisters, and unlike Dan, almost I had an opposite journey. Was I was so accustomed to being kind of part of a threesome. I was so accustomed to being the youngest. I was so accustomed to doing everything with everyone else and being the peacemaker and being in the middle of a big family community. And when I was about, when I was a teenager, I, and this is a, you know, a while ago, but it's had such a profound impact on me. Um, one summer I decided to also go to Russia. So I don't know, there's a theme here, but I actually, I actually do speak Russian. I was born in Belarus. So that was my first language. And I went on this summer camp in the middle of a remote island in the White Sea in very, very, very Northern Russia. And the idea of the summer camp was to do complete outdoor survival, wilderness survival. So we lived in a tent for a month with no electricity, no normal running water, no normal human connection other than us and a few campers. And one of the exercises that they had us do was they gave us just a mash and had us go find some sort of item on the other side of the island and we had to hike there for two days and come back in like three or four days. And it was about five days completely in the wilderness where we had to forage our own food. And it was very, very um, intense from this outdoor survival component. A lot of learnings in there. But for me, um, one of the biggest learnings was this independence, this lack of attachment and definition um, from being part of this family of sisters was really kind of defining my own path, how I want to show up in the world independently and how I can lead a group um, and be part of something pretty scary, pretty intense, very uh, challenging without the support of being the youngest sister. Wow. And this is something that I'm constantly having to relearn. I find that it's so easy for me to be in a situation where I attach myself with other people and it's so much fun and it's so beautiful. But I think for me, a big learning is recognizing my own strength, my own leadership and how to um, kind of stand up for myself. And I actually think that when it comes to a business partnership, it's been very important for me to come into this with this sense of leadership in order to kind of have that strength to really collaborate, not just be a supporting partner. Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. What a great, another great, uh, even your, your individual stories tied together, coming at it from completely different lessons that you learned to grow. This is so awesome. And can I just point out how cool it is? Your summer camp version is way different than the summer camps I recollect from <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> a little different. Just don't mess around over there. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that was yeah totally different experience. So, but 
How amazing. And, you know, I think that the key here is that you each learned the lesson that you needed to learn, right? Mm -hmm. If we go into these challenges, into these fearful situations, which everyone will have because we're humans and we all experience life and life is not always easy. So we all will have these experiences of fear. And so to go into it open enough to find the lesson is really, really important. And it may be a different lesson for you than it would be for Dan or for me, or it could be a different lesson for you in a different period of your life, right? Because we, you know, as we grow, we might experience a similar situation, but get a totally different lesson from it. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. These are great stories. Fantastic. So, you know, before I, I dive into some um, takeaways. Like I want you to think about something that our listeners like that you want to give them to either think about or maybe to do to move forward in a more either a more human centric way or as a better leader. But before we get there, I don't want to forget to ask you to share how people can get in contact with you. Like how can they reach you? Is there something that you want them to know about that you're working on? Sure. So, I mean, a, a great place to start is, is our website, which is firesidestrategic.com. And, and maybe a couple of pages on there might be interesting for your listeners. The first one is firesidestrategic.com slash blog. And if people go there, they can see our, our fireside chats. Mm -hmm. Since the beginning of COVID, we've done, since the beginning of, I should say, COVID intensifying in March, we've done around 50 interviews, mostly with CEOs of small to medium-sized businesses, but with some other just really, really awesome people that we've met. And these are our conversations where we dig into how important humanity and strategy are in, in business building and in life. And it's just been such a blast doing those conversations. It, it's been so much fun. And so at firesidestrategic.com slash blog, people can look at the fireside chats. And, and maybe the one other page that I would point people to, Heather, is firesidestrategic.com slash fireside sales. Mm -hmm. So a big thing for us these days that we're working on is a program called Straight to the C-Suite. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we've been so blessed about in our business is these wonderful connections with C-Suite leaders that we've formed. And yes, there's, there's you know, we're, we're building a business. And so many of the C-Suite leaders that we've met have become clients, but many of these connections were born out of out of just two good humans or three good humans uh, wanting to connect. And you can, when you're building a business and you're really connection oriented, you can meet all kinds of people who are gonna be clients, but all kinds of people who aren't gonna be clients that can teach you things, that can be strategic partners. And so we, we've realized the process that has helped us grow our business really rapidly in the middle of this pandemic could be useful for a number of clients and we're, we're building out systems like this for a number of clients. We've also realized that, that many people who aren't our clients, people who aren't building out larger, you know, five to 10 to 20 to $50 million businesses could also use a system like this to connect directly with C-suite executives, to learn from them, to possibly do business with them, but just to be with them. And so this straight to the C-suite program that, that we're building out at the moment, we're super, super excited about 
if anyone wants to learn a little bit about it, they can go to that to that URL, firesidestrategic.com slash firesidesales. That sounds really, really cool, Dan. And I will make sure to put a link for those of you who are furiously trying to write that down. I'll have a, a link put into our show notes for you to make it nice and easy for you to get over there to these um, pages that Dan is talking about. Thank you. That's awesome. Lisa, did you want to add anything? I think Dan got it. Okay, yeah. then maybe you can kick us off with some actionable idea or words of wisdom that you want to share with our listeners today. I think um, it's so easy to think of businesses as these entities, these structures with strategies and execution. And I think if you pause for a sec and recognize that this entity, the structure is actually made up of humans, made up of people, it not only helps you develop a smarter strategy, but I think it can also lead to an environment when, which is so much more connected, which is so much more fun for both kind of the leader, the people inside the organization, any consultants. And I think for me, that was a big, you know, a big journey that I went through starting my career as a management consulting and shifting into this more human-centric space, recognizing that it's not, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It doesn't have to be that tough. It doesn't have to be that rigid. That even the fanciest CEO is just a human with their own personality, with their own drivers, with their own feelings. It softened the entire business world for me and made it so much more accessible and so much more fun. So a recommendation that I have for any listener, especially if they work in the B2B space, is to remember that every entity is just made up of humans and a lot of them are quite lovely and there's an opportunity to connect and have fun there. I love that. That's fantastic. And I just, the fun side of it, you know, when you're a driven business person, sometimes you just forget that this is fun. And so I love that you brought that up a couple of times. It should be fun. You know, just because it's called work doesn't mean it has to always be work. It can be fun. So oh I love that. <laughs> right? It's so funny how... You know, maybe Dan and I sound kind of serious on a podcast, but when we log into Zoom in the morning, I'd say like a solid half of the time is just us being like very silly and weird and having fun. And I think one of the best things about this partnership and about the work we do is the fact that we just have a blast. Yeah. And we really prioritize that. I think that may be one of our top priorities <laughs> in general is having fun. I love it. That's fantastic. Dan, is there anything that you wanted to add as far as a, a specific idea for yeah. our listeners? Yeah. I think a, a huge thing is in business, very much linked with what Lisa said, is how we think about time. Hmm. You know, it's so easy if we get in our heads to want to use each minute in business for the most maximal impact on the bottom line. Ah, like I've got to make $10 billion while I sleep. And first of all, it's not very fun. It's not very human, I think. And I don't even know that that mindset is actually best for the bottom line. I think it's, it's possible that you can actually make more money sometimes if you breathe a little bit. But people are, are sometimes very, very, you know, people that are, are smarter in business than I are really focused on how they use their time. Mm -hmm. And 
ultimately a big part of the reason any of us do anything is, is how we feel. And even if you end up making less money in the day, uh, at the end of the day, I know my, my choice is always going to be fulfillment. And if I try to spend my time, if I try to squeeze every dollar out of every time, I'm not going to feel very, very fulfilled. And so I think it's so important for us to be intentional about not just what we do with our time, but how we think about our time and to ask, am I using my time in a fulfilling way? And you might find that you're actually making more money if you don't f force yourself to use every ounce of time in the most productive possible way. I think there's a different space you can be in. And if you're in that space, time flows, you, you receive it rather than it being stolen from you. Brilliant. I absolutely love this because I believe wholeheartedly in it. And I do believe that you end up, um, I, I personally, and a lot of my clients have found that they make more money when they come from that space. Dan and Lisa, you have been extraordinary, just as I suspected. Thank you so much Aww. for sharing your, your brilliance with me today. Oh, thank you for having us, Heather. It has been a joy. We've laughed. We've cried a little bit. It's been the full <laughs> range of human experience, and it's just been a, a brilliant interview. So thank you so much for it. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.